Hello, Pod. My name's AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry. Join us week by week as we serve you up a hearty plateful of fantasy fodder, piled high with thick, meaty cuts of narrative twist, with more roasted rule infringements than you can possibly stomach. All that lovingly topped off with lashings of piping hot accent work, served with our signature side garnish of fresh innuendo. Well, if that's not enough to get your gastric juices flowing, then quite frankly, I quit. So, grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and join us for this week's episode. Please do enjoy. And we're live! Which means I should have prepared something useful and witty to say at this point, but I really haven't. So, what are we drinking this week? I'm on the uh, Old Faithful Star Ramen. I've got some Amstel. You, you guys have gone generic this week. Just a cup of vodka. Just a pure vodka. No, it's, it's vodka and tonic. There's tonic in here. Vodka and tonic. Jesus. I feel like a cup. Like I'm imagining like an old like tin that's like roasted with like yeah. <laughs> some homemade vodka. Like a camping. Yeah. <laughs> Do you make your own vodka, Matt? Um, no, but now that you've said that, I immediately want to find out how. It can't be that hard, right? What do you guys do with the old potato peels? Yeah. yeah. You can make prison vodka in the bath. How to make vodka.com. <laughs> did you really did you really just type that in or did you just smash keys randomly to make yourself? <laughs> I typed it in. You have to boil potatoes. You basically make mashed potato and add yeast and then leave it out. That's how to make vodka. I was about to say, why don't more people make their own vodka? And then I remembered this is vodka. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid of, about asking this question, but in prison, what kind of yeast do they use? Armpit. Oh, Jesus. I feel like we've already got an episode title and we haven't even begun yet. Armpit yeast vodka. Armpit yeast vodka. That's sweet, yeah. Right, well, that's a... Uh, that's that's a That's a really <laughs> <laughs> Right, in the interest of fitting everything in tonight, it's worth, before I do the summary, pointing out that we've got no Snell and we've got no Lewis, which means we've got no Maud and no Aristobulus. But they're going to be autopiloted by people. Chris, you're going to autopilot Aristobulus. Does anyone fancy looking after Maud? Or should we just leave her drinking in the pub? Uh, I don't know. I can, but I feel like Matt gave it because, like, I'll just want, like, a backup new eye. Yeah, I <laughs> I look after Maud. I look after Maud because we'll be we we might be a little bit lost. Is she even on D and D Beyond? Yeah. Oh, right. Do you think she plays every week? Do you think she just makes shit up? It sounds gonna... like she makes shit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got some big mink now. Where this come from? Where this come from? Right. Summary. Here we go. Yeah. Here comes the summary. Okay. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had carried on their forced march with the glass blades, heading ever north into the Arctic tundra. Pausing for the night to set up camp, Hanash had attempted to erect an igloo, but soon discovered that this was an art form that wasn't in his wheelhouse. Maud went full Dr. Doolittle and called up a small menagerie from the local woods to help dig our green friend out of the snow. Having packed away their camp, they set off once again in the morning, leaving behind only a collapsed igloo and a magic apple tree behind. Yes, you heard me. I'm not going to repeat myself. Heading towards Palebank Village, the party started to see smoke rising over the horizon, and once nearer, they could smell a foul smell. 
On entering the village, they found it ruined and ransacked, the inhabitants dead in the streets, many shot and burned. For reasons known only to themselves, the party decided to split up, with Tati and Aristobulus going to investigate the town hall, finding more dead bodies piled up and burned. Tati investigating an upstairs meeting room and stumbling upon a man being tortured. Hanash and Belsiar investigating the church and stumbling upon suspicious-looking gnomes guarding it. And Maud? Well, she went to the abandoned inn and started minesweeping. And that is where we will pick up today's episode. I get so depressed when I hear recap. I'm like, that's what we did in two hours. That's what we did. Literally all we did for fucking do. I made it. I made a rat go all red mist and then hid in a chair. You punched a rat. I forgot. Uh, right. To be fair, it was bearing down on him when he woke up. It's like, terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The rat was benign. It wasn't a rat. I had a forest running at me. Yeah. He did. <laughs> the rat was the first one to die. <laughs> the first one to die. You donkey punched a rat. <laughs> I did not. I did not punch punch a rat. Yeah. I think we've all used the word, the, the phrase donkey punch in the wrong situations lately, especially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I donkey punched Barbara. What? <laughs> Don't mind me, I'm just trying to find Maud's sheep. There she is. Right, I've got Maud's sheep. Piss off, what does this mean? We'll get a map when we've goddamn earned it. Uh, all right, all right, here you go, just because we want this to go smoothly. Look how excited you all are. You're not a rap day. Right, go on then. You can have a you can have a map of Pale Bank Village. Gimme! It's like Christmas morning. You run downstairs and you check under the tree and all your favourite yes, no. Right, I need to tell you this this map's only two K, it's not four K, but Oh I'm meant to use it then. With glasses. Oh, I like Is it a different, um, is it a different editor that you use? No, it's exactly the same editor. If this feels like it should be a Christmas episode. <laughs> well, because everything's snowy and there's fir trees everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Can we just take our theme tune to put jingle bells over the top of it? What's that? What's that? Like in December? I don't know how many behind you. We're not too far behind now. I don't like catching up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I put a little Nakatomi Plaza on there as well for you, so that it can be fully Christmas. And like, if we had to add in the blood, that'd be nice. The red bit, Christmas. Yeah, I thought about it, but I didn't have enough time, so you didn't get all the blood on there. I'm sure we'll be here for five episodes anyway, so you got tapped. Great, because I've got no narrative that I need to be getting on with. Right, <laughs> good. So that's your map. We will share that map on social media. It'll be up on our Twitter handle. Uh, at adventurers A N O. Before you before you post it, you probably want to take out all uh, all of these shameful racial stereotypes that you've rammed <laughs> into every corner of it, like like Westwood. What do you mean? All these terrible stereotypes. Well, the, the one we post will just be like a, a, a it'll just be an empty village. <laughs> they won't see the one we're looking at. Oh, I see. You're trolling me. I really, for a minute, couldn't work out what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> I uh, I really love the fire on this. Thank you. I went straight. I went straight to the, the ship on fire off the coast. Exactly. There's so many things on fire. I'm particularly proud of the house where fire is coming out of the chimney. <laughs> Uh, right, if you want to see this map, we will post it on our social media feed, which is at Adventurers A-N-O number one, where you can follow us and talk to people and ask us questions and do useful things like that and find all of the maps and shit that we use. 
and occasionally I'll say nasty things about you and you'll block me. Right, so you've got a map. Just a recap, uh, Hanash and Belsia, you are in the church, which you can sort of see off to the right-hand side. Uh, this church doesn't have a steeple. It just is a very long building. You can see the graveyard. You are hunkered down behind the graves on the right-hand side of the map. Uh, I believe you have a couple of gnomes in front of you on the edge of the church. And Tati, you are in the building, bang in the middle of the map, uh, to the right of the statue. You're on the top floor in a meeting room, hunkered down behind some table and chairs as two hooded figures just dragged a man into the room and and started roughing him up. And Maud, of course, is in the pub, which is the Google, uh, the one to the bottom left with the fire in the middle of the roof. That's it. Uh, and the glass blades are just doing glass blade things. Milling around. Just- I think Paverstock is actually with uh, Belsia and Hunter. Yeah, I was going to say. What, what's the time? Oh, yeah. Now you're asking questions. Uh, 11 o'clock. PM. AM. AM. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we daylight. Goddamn rush hour. Um, rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, even though that's the time I assumed it was night, but obviously the day, I thought I'd a lot more cover than I did. Yeah. <laughs> this super stealthy location where everything is white. <laughs> yes. Right. So, picking up with Maud as she wanders around the tap room at the abandoned inn, she's just mind sweeping picking up random flagons and necking them. Making her way behind the bar, she looks up at the very uh, generous selection of bottles of unknown spirits in various glass bottles. Uh, She just starts pulling them down one by one and investigating them. Pulling a cork off with her teeth, she takes a swig of a fiery liquid. As we pan back to Aristobulus, who's in the foyer of the town hall, He's just rooting through bodies in the charred wreckage of... Uh, there was a pile of chairs that had been used as a pyre and they'd burnt people in the foyer. He's just going through bones and pockets looking for things. Yeah, I would imagine that Aristobulus is... Now that there's no one from our party to supervise him, he's kind of semi-respectfully giving these people almost like last rites, but in like a really a really stupid way. Just, just saying like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then moving <laughs> through their pockets to find whatever earthly possessions they still have. Does he still have his shovel, which I missed the episode of what it does and stuff? He does indeed have his shovel on him. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It does stuff, right? It does do stuff. It does do stuff. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you, uh, Chris. Yeah. Right. So, who wants to kick things off? Ooh, me, please. Right. What are you two retrobabes doing? So. Can I um, kind of investigate like the church, just like um, for entrances? So, like on the map, I can see there's entrance to the opposite side that we're on. But is there like a back door that I can see on our side of the church? Uh, yes, that is correct. You indeed can see a entrance uh, directly on the face where you are. Yeah, there's an entrance at either end of the church hall. And where are the um, where are the Noi boys? Uh, that stay from there. Uh, they are hanging around on uh, the far side of the church. The way this map is drawn. Okay. So do they? We, do we just have a line of sight of them? Then are they like at the bottom? Kind of like near uh, yeah, you've got a line of sight on them. They're hanging around, looking shifty, like talking to each other in hushed tones, leaning in. Um, 
But if I like whisper to Belsa, they won't be able to hear me from over there, will they? I would say it's very downfall. I'd say for the purposes of it, you could get close enough to each other that you could whisper without being overheard. Okay, so I get close to Belsa, and I, I say, I'm thinking make making a little distractions and get in. I've got like an amulet that maybe I can throw, make a sound at the side church. You can slip in the back door. You need to take your shoe off and throw it in. <laughs> I've got, I've got like an amulet that's useless. So. Yeah. Shoes are, like, shoes are like gold in this climate. I'm not taking off my own. Shoes are like tennis rackets for shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll buy a spell, so if he's got a better plan. I'm just going to wait for Tavistock to um, storm the church and then... <laughs> In the in the resulting melee, we can um, kind of you know pick the winning side. I, uh, I, I as he says, I turn to Hammerstock uh, uh, or what his name is, and just like have a big grin and wait for his reaction. Tavistock looks up at you. There's a frost. Like frost has encrusted his orange beard as he breaks off various bits of frost off his beard. He looks up at you and says, uh, what kind of mercenaries do you think you are? There's been a fucking murder. There's no time for fucking taking sides. We're very good mercenaries, that's why we take sides. <laughs> but but, but I, 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 I do like you, Tavistock, so you'll, we'll, we'll have your back. Unlike Jepeth, you liked him too, didn't you? Yeah. I don't remember. J, 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 who? Hey. JPEG? JPEG. He looks up at you... He looks up at everything, but he looks up at you in particular. I mean, you guys are crouched. He's standing. That's how small he is. As uh, he's just standing behind a grave, as he pulls, uh, he's got an axe with a wicked, like, sharp point on it. As he pulls it out, he's like, come on then. You're the brains of this operation. What's the plan, Dragonborn? Um, I say we we, we send the old uh, half-orc in on a, on a, on a sneaky mission. Um, watch to see what happens. When when he inevitably makes some noise, then we can he can he can be the initial kind of focus while we rush in. Well, you rush in. I'll hang around the edge, just shooting missiles from a, from a nice safe distance. Uh, You're not a tactical man, are you? I, I mean, look at my feet. Do I look like a fucking rushing man? You can I don't know, but you could get a bit of a bit of a run on. Okay. What about the green man? He doesn't look too fucking sneaky to me. Well, he likes sneaking. I don't like to take that away from him. He's not very good at it, but... <laughs> His bells are like, when did that come through? This swapped Tavisuck roll for my roll, you prick. <laughs> Listen, Bellends, this sounds more like a plan to fucking gate crash a children's birthday party, not infiltrate a fucking massacre in a church. It's funny you should say that. But... What are you planning on doing? Close hand magic. Infiltrating children's parties. Well, so, well, I mean, on, on the other hand then, you're, you're little. You could run in and distract them. Um, I, 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 I played this this uh, this realm's equivalent of Warhammer when I was in wizard school. I think you've mixed a lot of references there. <laughs> All right, look, I tell you what, I'll draw those two canny bastards away if you two want to make some sort of investigation. But I've got no intention of dying, so make it quick. Okay, mate. Okay. Uh, he basically sneaks off back behind the railing, uh, round the outside, hiding just on the far side of the railing and starts making um, bird song. Or well, the closest approximation that a dwarf can do to bird song, which is something a bit like... <laughs> 
As you yeah. just see two goblins like drop the butt of a cigarette they were sharing. Two goblins, what we're talking about. Two gnomes drop the butt of a cigarette they were sharing. Both look over in confusion as they both slowly start walking away from the church towards the railing. Uh, over to your left-hand side, leaving the entrance way free. Um, as you just hear the sound of just getting slightly more distant into the tree line to your left. Um, shall, shall we shall we leg it to the door? Yeah, we, I, I leg it to the door in a stealthy like way. Yeah, a just in case there's other ones that we can't see. A fast walk. Yeah, a fast walk. Listen, yes, it's easier, and you can you can style it out. <laughs> What are you two trying to do? Are you trying to look like members of the parish, or are you trying to stay low and stealthy? No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like lizard rolls to get there. I'm gonna like, yeah, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna duck, I'm gonna weave. I'm gonna do like a power walk. <laughs> Right. This. But, but, but with my legs bent, so I'm like crouched down. Both of you make me a stealth check. What's the Russian dance when they do the lights and stuff? Oh, um, yeah, like the I just call it a Russian dance. Yeah, Russian dance. Let's see. Okay. Can you give me inspiration? <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Three. I got, I got a three as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> We're just right. picture, the pair of you start running just as um, one of you um, one of you trips and stumbles, hit the floor with a grunt as the uh, gnome who's starting to go towards the bird hears a noise behind him and starts turning around. Uh, what are you going to do? You're now halfway between the graves and the church. I sprint full hell towards the door that we go to. What are you doing? It's too late for how to disguise, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you going to make him a grave? <laughs> That's a grave. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I changed in, I changed into someone who looks a lot like a grave. <laughs> I know. You just look like Jeremy Irons. <laughs> very grey. Yeah. Um, hang on, this might just work. No, I'm going to put on my hat disguise and disguise myself as a body from a grave that's like falling out. Oh, so you mean like a dead body? Yeah, like... <laughs> you know, Right. Okay, Hanash made me a athletics check. Sure. Uh, 16. 16! You go bounding off, throwing yourself uh, behind the edge of the church as both uh, gnomes turn around to hear footsteps, look over and just see a corpse lying on the floor behind them. <laughs> as both of them walk over to the corpse on the floor, stand over the top of it, look down at it, you see now uh, they're both gnomes with cows pulled over their head as one turns to the other and says, Is this here before? The other looks down and went, No way of telling, really. So many dead bodies in this town. Uh, one of the gnomes pokes you with the end of his foot. I don't think I killed this one. I'm going to... Oh, I feel like I should sneak up because I feel like this isn't going to end well. <laughs> I feel like they're going to bury him again, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> him on a fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, so I'm guessing if they turn around, they're going to see me, aren't they? Yep. Because he's just lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do something. So I'm going to... I'm not going to sneak up... I get, like... I get, like disadvantage to sneaking so can I walk quietly without sneaking <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I mechanically not be noticed without trying to be stealthy well, if I walk naturally will they be able to hear me make me make me a 
Stealth check? Are no, you I'm... trying to stealth without stealthing? Because well, you're I'm bad trying at... to see like, what the threshold is to <laughs> get to them without needing to do the stealth check. Well, I mean, you could crawl along the floor on your stomach, but you don't know how long it'll take. Right. And I wouldn't have crawl stealth with that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're currently about ten feet away from you, facing away from you. There's two of them, they're standing next to each other. It's just the, yeah, the, mechanic, the mechanical advantage of having stealth is that you you all hit them before they see you, but yeah. I don't think you really get anything out of that. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna walk up to them. And, uh, well, because like, if they're 10 feet away from me, I've got a um, walk that's 5 feet damage, so I just need to walk 5 feet to get them. So essentially I'm going to walk 5 feet and then I'm going to use a morning star on them. Yes. Interesting. Well, you're going to use your morning star on one of them. Well, I've got a some stuff that I can use on this. Can, can you not do like a classic, like tap them on the shoulder and then bash their heads together? So you're, you're walking. <laughs> you're walking five feet towards them, right? Yeah. Okay. As you walk five feet towards them, make a stealth check. Okay. I'm not stealthily doing this. <laughs> I should. Oh, no. No. I should have run at them. I got a natural one. A natural one. As you start walking towards them, uh, you stealth out, you pull your morning star out, you start swinging it as you stealth towards them. Suddenly the ground vanishes underneath you. You've fallen into an open grave shaft (laughs) slightly disguised with snow. As there's a (laughs) noise behind both gnomes, they turn around and can't see anything. They're both (laughs) looking around. They're now, they're now facing away from you, Belsia. As one of the gnomes is like, this is so strange, I've never seen anything like this. I swear to God, I'm hearing things. <laughs> was that a grave shaft there a moment ago? How far down am I? Six feet. Okay. <laughs> was he interesting? I thought I'd walk up to them, specifically not sneakily. Anyway. Right, Matt, what are you doing? The, the corpse on the floor facing... They're facing right. away. Now I... Well... Um, there's so much I could do. And they slowly start walking away from Belsia. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I shout to them. <laughs> uh, you shout to them. <laughs> uh, can I, can I, can I, um, can I use my whip to like trip them up from my on the floor position? You can certainly try with one of them if you would. Um, does the whip in its the whip in itself is a passive instrument, isn't it? It's not a weapon of sorts. It has a yeah, it has a roll yeah. on it. Um, I can only can I do a oh yeah can I, yeah can I use it once? Can I only use it? Oh yeah, I mean like it's not two weapon fighting. Like I can whip one and then whip the other because I've only got one whip. Um, actually, yeah, on, on on the face of it, I'm just gonna lie there. As he just lies there, the gnomes both slowly start walking forward towards the lip of the open grave. And that's where we're going to pan back to Tatty. (laughs) Wow, we really got done. Jesus Christ. Tati, you find yourself at the back of the meeting room on the top floor of the um, town hall. As you hide behind a desk, you hear the voices. um, You hear the voices of uh, two people who are assaulting um, a man who's fairly badly beaten up. 
uh, you just hear a voice saying, Tell us where the note is, and maybe we will let you go easy. We kill you. We kill you real quick. That went from French to Russian very quickly. Uh, you just hear the man is like, Fuck off and die, and just like spits in their face. As one of them um, takes a hammer and just slams it down on the man's fingers on the table, you hear the cracking and breaking of bones as you hear a scream let up from the man at the, at the table at the front as the two people pin his other hand down. I'll ask you only one more time. Where is the note? Well, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt them because if I, if I just let you carry on talking, he's gonna be dead. So uh, I'm gonna, um, from where I'm hidden behind this desk. Yes. And whereabouts are they? Like how far away from me are they? Uh, about twenty feet. Twenty feet. Okay. Um, I am from where I'm hiding. Um, I'm gonna pop my head up and I'm gonna hunt as Mark, one of the one of the guys who's attacking our our friend. He's your friend now. Well, you know he's being tortured, so I'm gonna I'm gonna help him out for now. Um, yeah, I'm gonna hunt as Mark, the guy whose accent I can't quite place. Um, How dare you! This is <laughs> original accent. Yeah. Um, so you hunt as Mark, the guy on the left. Yeah, and I'm gonna um, pop up and. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, we. T- How do? I mean, we we never quite clarified this. My dagger, it doesn't like it has three charges for its magical effect. Yes. It, it doesn't fireball all the time, right? Like I can choose when to use that. Yes. Hang on. Uh, does it not say in the notes? I think it's when you attack. I don't think you can just fire fireballs out of it. I think. No, I mean that's what I mean. Wait, do you mean like can you throw it without fire? What I'm saying is I want to throw it without using a fireball. Oh, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's... Um, I, I, I just have to check that, because, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to Hunter's Mark that guy, and uh, I am going to pop up, and I'm going to uh, lock my dagger out. Okay. Um... Okay. okay. to roll an attack? Yes, roll to hit him. Yes. 19. Very much hits. Cool. Um, damage is 6 plus... Do I get sneak attack? Yes, because he's engaged with someone else. 6 plus 5. Uh, 11 damage. 11 damage. Uh, as you pop up from behind the seat, do you want to say anything pithy, or are you just going to throw your dagger sneakily? I'm just throwing my dagger at him. So, out of nowhere, there's Mr... As it goes... Into the side as he's like, yeah! And just falls to the ground with a dagger sticking out of his shoulder. The man in the chair's crushed hand looks up, looks surprised as the man next to him um, starts shouting. Uh, the man being tortured starts grappling with uh, the um, starts grappling with the um, man on uh, who's torturing him. And what's going to happen? Oh, puts up a really good fight, but then the uh, man torturing him crunches down on the hand which has just been hammered and he lets out a scream as they tumble to the floor with the gnome on top. Um, can I uh, send Lady... Uh, sorry, can I send Barbara to attack the uh, the gnome? Yeah, don't dead name your dog. Uh, yes, I'll say that will be the last thing you can do as part of a surprise round and then we're going to roll initiative. Yeah, uh, 
second. She gets a, I think that's a 22 to hit, you know? Well, the natural 17 plus 5. Yes, 22 to hit. Yeah, uh, hits. And that is 2d6. So that's 8 plus 3 damage. That's 11 damage. Mm-hmm. And the um, gnome has to make a DC... Oh, he's already on the floor, isn't he? Yeah, he's already on the floor. Alright, oh, okay. So I was going to say he has to make a strength saving throw or be knocked prone, but he's already on the floor, so... He's oh. already on the floor. And with that, everyone can make me a initiative roll and we will see how this goes down. But you know, you know, yeah. Um... Barbara gets a 13, and I got a 14. Okay. Um, so hang on, who who got what? Uh, Tatty got 14, and Barbara got a 13. Okay, that means... Amazingly, the man who's being tortured comes out on top in terms of the initiative. God knows how the fuck that happened. So as this all goes on, suddenly in the... In the um, moment the man with the crushed hand rolls on top of the um rolls on top of the uh, gnome that was crushing his hand and just picks up his head and just starts slamming it into the stone step uh, at the front of the meeting hall my computer locked up uh, the, the gnome's head just bounces off the top of the stone not really particularly doing any damage just dazing the gnome a little bit as we go back to the gnome on the floor with um, Lady on top of him. Uh, he's going to use a bonus action to pull the dagger out of himself and stab at the wolf with it. He gets 12. And AC is 14. AC 14. As he takes a swipe, Lady jumps back, growling low at him. Uh, as he uses his movement, I think. He can use half his movement to get back on his feet, can he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets back on his feet and uh, moves a bit further along so that he is uh, in cover not far behind his friend who's rolling around on the floor. Uh, and with that, it's your turn, Tati. Okay. Uh, are they considered... Um, well, actually, yeah, one of them's definitely considered engaged, isn't he? Because he's, he's fighting the he's fighting that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what about the one that, that the other one's gone behind cover hasn't it only just there's nothing worth writing home about okay um, I'll um, I'll pull out my god damn this is going to come back I'm going to pull out my bow and I'm going to fire on the one that um, has, has gone into cover yep sure. he's the one that I hunters marked yep um, I mean the first one's a natural 20 am I getting disadvantage on this I'll say no I don't think he's in huge amounts of cover Okay. Um, so natural twenty. That's eight plus five is thirteen. Plus uh, hunter's mark damage is six. So nineteen damage. Nineteen damage. Uh, as he he's behind, not any particular kind of cover. He's just like standing around behind the table as he pops his head up to get a gauge. On this situation, you knock an arrow, fire in an instinctive way, years of training, as it takes him clean underneath his chin into his throat and pins him to the back of a chair behind him. You just see the arrow sticking out, feathers sticking out underneath his chin as he just slowly starts bleeding out. As my, as my, um, if he's down, yep. Um, as a bonus action, I'll move my hunter's mark onto the other one. 
Okay. Uh, he is down. Uh, that takes us to uh, Barbara. What's she doing? Uh, yeah, she's gonna attack the one that is hassling, uh, hassling the other guy. Right, epic. As they roll around on the floor, lady comes charging in. Uh, twenty-three to hit. Very much hit. This is a small gnome in in like a cow. That's six damage. Six damage. As you hear a scream, as the wolf's teeth lock around the meat of the ankle of the gnome you just hear a anguished scream as he falls to the ground and starts flailing around is he uh, is he considered prone then uh you need to roll for that do you know uh, you need oh, to. i need to roll don't i yeah <laughs> sorry yeah dc 13 strength saving throw that's a strong yep he's he's on the floor uh, do i have to do i have to can i do that again in his turn to try and be ungrappled well it's it's not so much uh it's not the it's just prone on the floor grapple. it's just that you're knocked prone so okay just half your knocked, prone, yeah. knocked prone on the floor he um looks over at the blood pooling out of his somewhat ravaged ankle looks over at the wolf and is going to pull out his dagger and make a attack at the wolf uh uh, and it's going to get a 22. Yes. And as the wolf ducks out of the way, he drags the um, dagger along the side of the wolf's face. You see blood appear on the side of Lady's pelt as he, she lets out a small howl and takes one point of damage. <laughs> Single point of damage. <laughs> Uh, and he is going to get to... He's going to use half his movement to get to his feet and start running off around the other side of the room. <laughs> does, uh, does Barbara get an attack of opportunity for that? Depends on, it depends how close they were, I guess. Yeah, they were next to each other, yeah. Yeah, so she gets an, an attack. She gets a reaction, yeah. Yeah, so she's going to attack on her reaction because um, she didn't like that. 15? Is enough, yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Um, that is... Come on. 8 damage. 8 damage. How do you want to do this, Barbara? Uh, she is... She goes fully fucking beast mode um, <laughs> after he breaks a dagger across her face. Um, and she just... She jumps, like, gets her, gets her teeth around his leg like she did before and drags him towards her as he tries to as he tries to run away and then she just fucking like chows down chows down you just hear screams as bits of flesh and fabric and gore start spraying up from behind a set of chairs to one side and then you see an ankle sticking out from behind a pew just flapping around as it just slowly goes limp yeah, definitely. Barbara comes back covered in, in ichor and gristle. But she's like, when she comes running back around, she's like, she's got like that really bouncy walk on, like like dogs do when they're happy. <laughs> like, yeah, she comes, she comes back dripping in, in gore. Uh, right, now that things have settled, you look over at the body of the man who was being tortured, who's cradling the broken hand that he has uh, said <coughs> this point that you recognize him uh, this is McBeanie no this is McGruber what am I talking about so at this point that you recognize McGruber this was the guy who wait McGruber was the one who was he the one that we met at the um, the order of the Tesla cloak when the, we order of the Tesla cloak yeah he runs that yeah he's the guy who sent you on the mission here in the <laughs> And he got that before we did. <laughs> uh.
okay. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna run over to him and and seeing who he is, I just say, uh, we took the long way around. <laughs> he looks over at you, looks down at his hand, and is like, "All right, you took your fucking time, didn't you?" <laughs> I guess, uh, as he's a friend, I'll uh, I'll give him a cure wounds. Nice. Uh, how many points does he get? Five health points back. Five whole health points. He starts glugging fe- down on the health potion. He starts feeling a little bit healthier as he looks down at the still slightly shattered hand that he has. He starts wrapping it in linen. He's like, well, you're not done much to earn the fucking uh, all-day breakfast pass I gave you, have you? Well, I mean... It's not our fault that once we got here, everyone was dead. I gave you the fucking note. I, I told you to come here and talk to fucking Elro Eldritor to avoid this exact fucking scenario, you prick. See all those people out there? Men, women, children? That's on you. Pretty sure we didn't get a deadline. No, I was going to say, there was, yeah. no, there was no deadline for this. Also, what men, women, and children? I don't see anybody. <laughs> This is a perfect tourist spot. It's just like he, looks, he looks up and down the table. The table is literally lined with a couple of dead bodies who've been tortured with bits of anatomy missing. <laughs> oh, it's a regular fucking Airbnb. Mm. Listen, if you ordered a fucking takeaway and it arrived two months later, you'd fucking wonder what the fucking deadline was, you dipshit. I fucking yeah. told you to come here and give a fucking note to Elro Eldertor. Yeah, I'm still on the... On, I, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm probably focusing on the wrong things, but... I, I, there was no urgency to it. You just sent us on our way. All right, well, you live with that if you want to. It's easier, man. Hey, I live with plenty. Children. What I live with, you you don't want to fucking know. Um, at this point, I'll walk over to the I'll walk over to the dead body and pull my pull my dagger out. Um, and I want to investigate the bodies. Okay, as you do that, we're going to pan back to the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, one of which is in an open grave staring up at the sky as two little gnome heads peer over the edge towards you. I am um, going to jump out of this grave. So I've got my I've got my boots of striding and springing. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do, yeah. But so I think that should allow me to jump out yep. pretty easily at six feet. And then I'm going to fuck him up. Okay, so you're going to Superman over the top of these two gnomes. Not necessarily over the top. I'm just going to come... If I can do mm. my over the top, then I will. But I just, my, I just need to get out of the grave, whichever way. So you just want to go up and over? I just want to get out. Like, I can go sideways if, like... If I don't want, I need to go over them. If I can go over them, in my books. I mean, presumably that just counts as movement, doesn't it? Because you can jump. Yeah, it's just three times my normal movement. Well, my normal jump amount so yeah yeah, I, yeah I I'll, say, I'll say you can happily leap out of the fucking grave yeah. as your movement you come flying out of the fucking grave just two bewildered gnomes look down look up and see you leapfrog behind them can I hear one of my morning star you can certainly hear one of them with your morning star cool it's time I've, I've to use it I get a 20 to hit <laughs> yeah, that definitely hits so I've got maneuvers as well and I've got one which is a sweeping attack so when I hit with a melee weapon attack, I can extend, use one dice to build damage to another creature within five feet. Nice. So I'll do, do the first damage and then I guess I'll move on to yeah, yeah, yeah. person number two. This was exactly what I planned for, by the way. So I get nine damage. On nine that. damage, yeah. Swinging your morning star, you see it crush into the side of the head of one of the gnomes. You see the side of his skull cave in slightly, and Hikor start dripping out of his eye socket. Superiority, daddy. Well, yeah. 
think the superiority dies at DA. Yeah. They don't have to do that anymore, that was the original person. So now I got three of them, so like, chap. Or gal. <laughs> so, swinging one way, you flail it back and with slightly less force, hit the collarbone of the gnome on the other side. You hear a crunching noise as the collarbone caves in under the weight of the morning star. At that point, we're going to roll initiative. Would you like to be part of the initiative, Belsia, or are you just staying on the ground, pretending to be a corpse? Yeah, I'm not going to... It is tempting, but I do feel like my, my loyalty to, to Hunt Ash means I do have to get up and fight. Oh, okay. I was going to pick you otherwise. Yeah. 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 Nine. Six. Nine, six. Nine. Okay. So the uh, first gnome with the caved-in side of his head just sways from side to side slightly. Um, looks a little bit woozy on his feet as half of his face is missing. And as you see, like, a pale liquid weeping out of the front of his caved-in socket, he comes round, pulls out a dagger and goes to Shiv Hanash, who's the closest person to him, uh, and gets a ten. Not a chance. As the dagger just scrapes off the plating at the front of your armour, you barely even feel it pushing into you. The guy's so woozy holding on to the crushed side of his face that he can barely even muster enough. I drop him a smile. <laughs> you just keep smiling at him as he just like slowly tries to shiv you very ineffectively. One character is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bash him the side of your face and then I'll warmly and encouragingly smile at you when you miss me. The gods of chaos has asked me to provide chaos. It's true. It's true. It's true, you did. Right, Belsia, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to wrestle up four magic missiles to each. Mm. Um, so they hit. They auto hit. They do three and two. Yeah, three and two damage to one. Uh, so five. Can you do this without moving? Like, will they know that you fired these missiles? Okay. So, from a narrative <laughs> point of view, the corpse just slowly rigor mortis arm. <laughs> <laughs> There's stick my arm, stop it there. <laughs> uh, that's a four and a five, so nine for the other one. Nine for the other one. All right. As the rigor arm just slowly goes down, down into the corpse. <laughs> the other gnome just sits there looking confused with his shattered collarbone, watching what's going on. As he is going to... Um, He's going to, he sees the orc, right, decides better of it, and is going to scuttle over to the prone corpse that he's just seen attack them. And um, he is going to go and attempt to shiv the corpse on the ground. I just say, but I'm dead already. Jokes on you, pal. He gets a 14. Ooh, I'm a 14. So that doesn't. Yeah, I think if it matches your armor class, then it hits. Yeah, it hits. So he very slowly leans over, looks at the corpse, and just slowly slides a dagger into you. To be fair, it's not <laughs> difficult. It's not a difficult attack. I don't know, you feel a sharp, crushing pain between your ribs. 
You take six points of damage as you feel something squish and pop inside your internal organs as he slowly slides the dagger back out and comes out wet. Uh, and with that, it's Hanash's turn again. So there's someone next to me and there's someone there. Yeah, there's a guy with a distinctly caved-in face standing next to you. Um... I'm gonna go up and then I'll belt it out and I'm gonna I'm gonna run and try and like act to the back of this guy's neck with my great axe. Oh nice. So spending your movement running up behind the gnome, you pull out your great axe and take a wide swing at the neck of the gnome. I got an axe on twenty. Oh it gives me extra damage, but oh, seventeen damage. Seventeen damage. Taking a swing, you hit it at the neck point is his um collarbone was already slightly crushed as your axe just goes clean through and you just see a gnome head just go tumbling off as the body just sways for a bit and then the corpse falls on top of the corpse can I try to say the other guy and like can I pull my axe at him like do you from your feet do you get an extra attack from killing someone with your great weapon attack I might have just made that up um Check out Great Weapon Master. Should be... Doesn't say. On your turn, when you score a critical hit with a melee weapon, or reduce a creature to zero HP with one. You can make one melee weapon attack as a bonus action. Oh, sick. So, yeah, he does get another attack. <laughs> so you rip the head off one gnome with your great axe. You see uh, a mist of blood fly up. As the wet, slick blood flies across your face, you feel the rage come upon you as you turn around and see the guy who's still there, just shaking, holding a little dagger with the side of his face caved in. You can literally see the dagger shaking in his hand. He's tiny in comparison to you, and he just comes above your thigh. Like, I see. I, can I interrogate him at this point? Can I, like, intimidate him to, like, bow down and surrender to him? You could use your action to try and turn it in, I suppose, if you really want to. Well, I feel like if he's shaking and there's hostages, I feel like getting some intel will be quite good. And it sounds like it's shaking, so I would have an advantage, maybe. Do you want to try and, um, like, subdue him or whatever, like, grapple with him and, and tie him down? Could be a good way to do it. Sure. Yeah. That. With advantage. Uh, you can make me an opposed strength check against him. With advantage? Is he shaking? He's scared? Um, well, technically, no, because this isn't technically your attack. This is a bolted-on extra thing you're doing anyway. Oh, okay, this is an addition, if I get an attack as well as this. Yeah. Okay, six, then. Uh, he doesn't seem very intimidated whatsoever. As you slowly walk towards him and make the international sign for, like, get onto your knees, he isn't particularly intimidated by you. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna attack him with my great axe, and I'm just gonna go for the top of the head, like straight down, to try and cut him. That was your action, though. That was your. He gets. He gets a. um, He gets a bonus action attack. If he um, if he reduces, was that not not his bonus action? I thought you said I could do another thing. Yeah. Like, oh, go on then. For yeah. the sake of narrative, have it. It's not like this guy's going to last very much longer. Anymore. So, 16 to hit. Amazingly, just hits. Uh, 12 damage. How do you want to do that? So, I kind of want to, like, so to, like, put my axe, like, down, like, straight down on top of his head. So, kind of, like, flip him open and just kind of, like, slowly, like, falls apart. As you attempt to intimidate him. <laughs> I was getting, like, 
you uh, you're like do the down boy kind of yeah. like thing. He refuses to get down faster than he can react. You swing your axe out, crack him in the top of the head, and split his head open as it just kind of peels to one side. The top of his skull completely caved in now. Uh, as you lift him up on the end of your axe, he's still attached into the end of your axe. Uh, his body weight negligible to your strength. I hear. I feel like I'm my shoulder. I go. I hope. I hope. Where <laughs> we go? Like he's my little like, uh, satchel. As, uh, as you do that, you hear a crunching noise behind you. As you turn around, you see Tavistock standing behind you. As he looks up at the gnome sticking out of your axe. So what did you find out? Oh. <laughs> These guys are pussies. <laughs> what happened to the dragonborn? I, I'm not certain, but I think that's him. <laughs> I find the body. <laughs> he looks over next to him at the body on the floor. He's like, ah, evil necromancer, is it? I'm, I've, I'm too embarrassed to say anything, so I just pretend rigor mortis is setting it. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. As he's like, great, good to see that my fucking distraction was uh, worth it for you to have a subtle fucking entrance into this scenario. Jesus Christ, could you boys have made any more fucking noise if you tried? <laughs> Yes, tried, but then I fell down a grave. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Seriously, before the shit gets out of hand, and he, he ushers you over to the back door of the church. As, are you joining them, Belsier? Or are you just coming? <laughs> yeah, when, when no one's looking. When no one's looking. I get up and just dust myself off. Just, just, just standing up as the uh, headless body of the gnome just slides <laughs> off you as you stand up. Um, as you make your way to the back door of the church. Uh, and that's where we're going to pause for a drinks break. Is there a re-charge time for the hard disguise? Oh, uh, guys like one after another after another. No, it doesn't say. It doesn't have a certain amount of charges, I don't think. I think you can just cast this guy's self at will. Yeah, it lasts for up to an hour. So I guess you could say you're going to use it once an hour, but... Yeah, yeah. spell ends if the hat is removed. Mm. And let yeah. that lesson to you. Right, so we're going to pause for a quick drinks break with uh, one half of the adventuring party investigating the back of the church very subtly, and the other half of the adventuring party uh, having been reunited with McGruber. So many terrible accent accents in this episode. I really want to. Um, I don't know if you can get this out, but can you learn voice acting? The, not not you personally, but just in general. Because that, so. that wasn't a no. That, that wasn't was, like everything's great, but can you just learn voice acting? <laughs> yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, could, could you take some? Could you take a course, AJ? Could you, you take a course, AJ? Your mildly racist accent. Pulling yeah. uh, the podcast down. I was just looking at. I can't remember what it was. Like, there's a couple of YouTube. That's like a you know when you get in on a, a niche in YouTube, and yeah. I found like the voice actor niche, and it's just like really talented people like voicing stuff, like just just voicing memes or just doing famous scenes from movies, but slightly different. And I'm like, that that would be amazing if if I could do that. It's it's a talent you can't teach. Yeah, it's, it's just innate. If you can do accent work like I can. <laughs> How you maintain the three accents that you have is pretty incredible. How dare you? I can be Scottish. You got a little Russian-French guy in today. Scottish, Irish, West Country. I can do David Beckham. (laughs) (laughs) Bad Russian, poor French. Occasionally I try Welsh. And then there's Geoffrey, who's just his own little... (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
hands. He's like, oh, no, oh. don't do that. No, oh, let's don't play with my hair. His scalp comes off in your hand. Bless him. But yeah. I've, just, I've just posted the video I found, which is called Liquid Snake Explains Big Chungus. <laughs> <laughs> what? And it's just some guy, it's just some, some voice actor. He's, he's just <laughs> do you think that Do you think, Snake, that the creators of Bugs Bunny ever knew that this would happen to their character? <laughs> Ooh-wee! Right. Since Matt has decided to cast shade upon my ability to vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was for my own, my own, uh... That's it. I can smell a coup. <laughs> trying to topple me. I like the return of MacGruber's voice. It feels like coming home and then... Yeah. No, right? I was all excited. It was supposed to be like a... Yeah, I, d- I have to be true to the way that you guys play out the scenario, though. So if you want to do things that way, then... If you want to act first and think second, then we'll... That's just the way it will be. Right. Who's throwing shade now, bitch? <laughs> Picking up where we left off with Tatty Bojangles in the top floor of the town hall with his one-time associate, McGruber, a member of the underground vigilante organization, the Almighty Order of the Teslic Cloak, who had sent the party off on this errand in the first place to Pale Bank Village to deliver a missive to the leader of the people, Elro Eldator, many, many, many months before. But now, by the time they got there, bad things had happened. Tati not wanting to take any responsibility for that. Um, I um, I want to search the, the bodies of the gnomes uh, as well as anything else. I'm, I'm specifically interested in the armor that they're wearing and the cloaks as well, because I want to see if I can potentially disguise myself. Mm-hmm. Um, each of them are wearing the same kind of all-in-one cloak with hood, which is a kind of drab olive green. Um, as you check the two gnomes, uh, on one of them you find a tiny set of knuckle dusters. Um, accumulatively, you find um, three gold and 27 silver. And um, on each of them, you find a tattoo on each of their left butt cheeks, which is like a Y with arrows going out. So like a Y, but each of the points has an arrow on it. Well, like just the top two? Or... And the bottom one, yeah. And the bottom one, okay. Mm. The princess symbol. <laughs> Not going to question that. It's yeah, just massive fans of Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to. Hang on a minute. This needs. This needs to be researched. It's almost Prince's symbol. But you can assume that these gnomes were not massive fans. Is it not like the tour date? Like 99. <laughs> 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 That's phenomenal. He's just got his date of death printed underneath. <laughs> Really, like, really solidly inked into the um, meat of each buttock on the left-hand side. Um, Not the best tattooing job you've ever seen, really. But uh, both of them, on thorough inspection, both of them have that on the meat of their left buttock. Do I recognise the symbol at all? Make me a perception check. I like how thoroughly Tati searching these, like, better check the butt cheeks. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that was like, I was like, I wasn't going to think to check their butt cheeks, but thank you for lore. Uh, 
17. 17. It seems to be some sort of identifying marker them making them belong to some kind of organization. You've not checked the arse cheeks of many gnomes to have a great data set, but you, looking at the poorly inked work of it, you can assume that they've had to tattoo each other. Uh, <laughs> doesn't look like the kind of tattoo done by a professional tattooist. They tattoo each other in a line like a fucking human centipede. <laughs> with a a red hot poker on each other's ass (laughs) that's why it's always on the left because they have to to get their arm around tattoo 69 okay I'm gonna so you said did you say the cloak is like an all in one cloak with a yeah it's all in one cloak and hood drab green um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, one of the cloaks off them and stick it on over my armour because you're both gnomes it will fit perfectly do they have have um, like what you call it, like uh, face masks as well, or is it just is it just the hood? Uh, there were no particular face masks on them. Uh, you find a red and white spotted handkerchief on one of them, um, and a bag of dried mushrooms on the other one. Somewhere Aristobulus is is burnt up. Cool. I'm gonna stick the cloak on and um, like pulling the hood down. Uh, I'm gonna go over and talk to Magruba. And say, um, look, I, um, I'm sorry that I've been a bit of a dick. I, um, these gnomes that are, that have laid waste to this village, um, I've, I've a bit of experience with them. And I, I already feel a certain amount of guilt for the, for, for just them being alive, I guess, and being able to do this to anyone. Um, so I'm sorry that I'm sorry that that's happened here as well. Why why did they want? Why did they destroy this place? And what were they looking for from this place? Um, he looks down at his shattered hand. He looks up at you and says, "All right, well, I suppose it was your first fucking mission, so I didn't really have very high hopes for you. But we thought maybe if you were off the radar, they wouldn't come looking for you because they were certainly snooping around before. Pesky little shits." Well, they were, they, were they in um, Port de Marley when we were there? Oh, aye, they were starting to make noise even then. These motherfuckers have been looking for what? You've still got the missive, haven't you? Yeah. Where is it? It's right here. I take out my backpack. Open the open the compartment that's obviously not been opened in a very long time. <laughs> now, kick the dust off the top of the envelope, and then um, you haven't got it. At that point, you don't have the missive. Who has it then? Not you. Aristobulus has it. He's <laughs> like. <laughs> He's like, oh, please fucking tell me you've got the fucking missive. I put it in your hands so that it didn't get... I'm not saying that this is like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm not saying that you brought the diary back here. But seriously, you didn't bring... You did, didn't you? Have you lost the fucking... I... Wait, who did he give it to when we were in Port de Marley? Because I'm pretty sure it was me. I'm pretty sure I should have it. Everybody check your inventory. <laughs> I don't hide it, fella. Fuck out all of us. It would be tactic. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's me. Oh, God. <sighs> the group is like, look, these guys, they're after something, something not altogether holy. We, the the, the order of the Almighty, Isaac Cloak, we've been, 
We've been hiding it, because if that thing falls into the wrong hands, then God knows what else will happen. All hell will break loose. Those little pesky no motherfuckers are not going to get their hands on it. So I hid the information in the fucking missive I gave you. These little shits have been torturing me, trying to get the information, but I didn't have it. I just didn't realize it was going to take you ten fucking thousand years to get the fucking note up here. Are you, are you saying that it's a good thing that the missive and the information isn't here? Because uh, maybe that's... But that's the way that I'm hearing it right now. Right, I'm saying this completely non-ironically while looking around at all the bodies that have obviously been tortured in this in this room alone. He looks over at the bodies and he's like, all right, let's just say it's a morally grey area. Because quite frankly, if that note fell into the wrong hands, more people than this would die. See, sometimes the gods, they walk across the face of the earth. Sometimes things fall out of their pockets and they don't notice. And sometimes... Very dangerous magical items get lost here on Earth. And then the gods, they go back from their little holiday down here on Earth, and they go back up into their celestial things, and they leave little knickknacks. That's what I'm saying, the gods left knickknacks. Well, one of those little knickknacks fell into the wrong hands. The Order of the Almighty Tesla Cloak, we've been hiding it. That's what, that's what these, that's what these gnomes are after, isn't it? They're after, right. They're after the, the Almighty Teslit cloak, you dumbass. It's in our fucking name. The oh, most talks the less I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're not there. I know. As he's like, all right, dumbass, do I have to spell it out? We're protecting the Almighty Teslit cloak. Okay. We need people who know where it is, so we hid the location. Please tell me you still got it. The missive. I have it. I have the fucking missive. Well, where is it then? It's in my fucking, it's in my fucking inventory. I can show it. It isn't in your inventory. <laughs> I can tell you right now, it fucking is. <laughs> you, 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 right, pull, in, pull out your inventory then. Oh, it's here on my tablet. I can see it. It says missive for Elro. You pull it out and he takes it off you. Look at it. There's a piece of paper that just has fish, ham, cheese, milk. What the fuck you do? It's a fucking shopping list. I say, Magruba, did you, did you leave the missive in Port Damali and give me a fucking shopping list? I'm not saying anything. I'm, and he looks it up and down and he like, he's like, this is a fucking shopping list. You gave me a sealed missive. What, what? He looks at you, he's like, all right, how many people had to die for this shopping list, you twat? I could have gone down to fucking 7-Eleven and fucking picked this stuff up myself. <laughs> Why did you give it to me then? You're the one that gave it to me. He looks down at his crushed hand. He's like, all I know is that I was told to keep this note safe. It ain't my fault you fucking scrawled all over it and wrote your fucking shopping list on it. I didn't fucking write on it. Well, someone fucking wrote on it. We confirmed last week that it was sealed, didn't we? Yeah, we said last week it's fucking sealed. None of us have fucking opened it. Well, why is it got a fucking shopping list written on it then? Wait, Which fucking, you know, nice? fucking table talk. Is this you trying to teach us a lesson about managing our inventory? Because I am <laughs> as fucking as you are. About it. Which of you daft numbers fucking written your shopping list on this fucking 2000 year old note? We fucking haven't. We don't write fucking shopping lists. We're all well, I don't it. know. Someone's fucking wrote shopping list as he takes his finger and he's like, ham, cheese, milk, probiotic yogurt. Can I, can I check it to see if there's a coded message in Thieves Camp? I was that. I'm trying to figure out whether AJ's been a knobhead about this or whether he's disguising it well. <coughs> it's an omelette recipe. <laughs> the vestiges of divergence. A cheese, tomato, and chorizo omelette. 
Right. As, uh, <laughs> as you're arguing with him, he's like, I don't give two shits. It's still got a fucking seal on it. And what's this? It says flu cleaner. Why the fuck have you got a flu cleaner on your fucking ham, cheese, egg, flu cleaner? What the fuck have you been doing to this document? I'm going to go ahead and assume that my thieves can check is just not happening. Well, do it then. Make a thieves can check. There is no thieves can check. You just, because it's a language. I just understand it. Uh, there's nothing in there in terms of thieves can that you can see. Um, I think, I mean, I know I'm not there, but we could, I think we should just try and assemble all the ingredients and make a, make an omelette. <laughs> what, what was on the list again? Those... Ham, cheese, eggs, and a flute cleaner. Oh, a flute cleaner. Yeah. As in for cleaning it, one flute. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I'd I'd it's hilarious. It's Yeah. <laughs> As with that, Aristobulus walks upstairs. He's like, oh, there it is. I've been looking everywhere for that. My fucking shopping is. As he fucking walks up. And he's like, he's like yeah, sorry. I, I, I fucking ran out of paper. As I wrote... Is this a bad time? I say, uh, Aristobulus, you lovable, uh, aging buffoon, what have, done, <laughs> what have you done with the note that was inside this envelope? That is the note that was inside the envelope. It was blank. Ooh. It was blank? Yes, yeah, why I used it. It was blank. So why did the, why did the envelope still have the seal on it when we opened it? <laughs> this is as much a question for you, AJ, as Aristobulus. He's like, look, I needed to, I need to write my shopping list or something, so I wrote my shopping list on a blank piece of paper. That's as much narrative as you're going to get out of me right now. All right. As he starts interestingly rubbing the side of his testicles. Just another day in the life. Um, Maybe the real secret message was the one that we we found on the journey. Can I, um, can I cast detect magic on the note? Yes. Anything? No. Elsewhere's gone. That's what you get for insulting my strongly written narrative that you've pissed all over. I'm using a Just because you can't work out how the fucking thing works. Right, as we're going to pan back to the other two, we're going to pan back to Belsia and Aristotle, uh, and Hanash as they make their way into the church. As we leave Tati and Aristobulus staring at a shopping list on a piece of paper, scratching their heads with only themselves to blame, we're going to pan back to... Hanash and Belsia. As you go into the back of the church, it's dimly lit, um, very, very dimly lit with real kind of like smoke coming from like horrible tallow candles that have been lit around the place. As you see a commotion going on at the far end of the church, as you see, um, you see about 10 gnomes down the end of the church. there's a massive bundle of pews that have all been piled together. You see them uh, lighting a fire underneath it as the gnome at the front basically chivies the rest of the gnomes along as they light a fire underneath it and then start ploughing out the back of the church, out the other exit of the church. As you stand there, you see the flames starting licking up underneath the collector pews and you hear cries and screams as you notice for the first time there's various people tied to this pyre at the end of the church oh shit as the flames start licking up you hear the screams okay, against my better judgement I stop looking around for silver to seal <laughs> <laughs> you put down the candlestick <laughs> 
Um, can I try and control the flames and save some people? Yes. Um, yes, you can. Do you need to do any kind of control check for that? Or? Uh, it's a cantrip, so I think I just... I can um, expand the flame. <laughs> <laughs> I can extinguish a non-magical flame within a five-foot cube, so I can probably... You can put out some part of it. I could probably yeah. save if there's any bit that I can... If anyone's on particularly on fire. Yep. As it starts lighting up, as uh, you hear the screams, you look over, there's various women and children tied to this pyre. As the flames start licking up, you put out the front block of it. As you see, the back half of the pyre is still on fire. Because yeah. you hear lots of coughing and spluttering. Does that make it accessible for me to get to them? Like, is there, like, a non-fiery bit now for you that I can Yeah, do? yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I go up and, like, kind of cut them down and kind of... Does you start doing that, uh, make me an athletics check. While this is happening, to try and make the children feel a bit safer, I make, like, a smiley face appear in the flames. <laughs> At the back of the pyre, you just hear a scream as you see a lady's hair has gone up and their clothes are just igniting. You hear, you smell both the acrid stench of burning flesh and the screams as you make a small smiley face out of the flames. You look down at the child, the small soot-covered child with slight welts and burns on him as you're like, don't worry, it'll be all right, look! As the fire above the woman's head turns into a big smiley face as she just slumps forward against them. Do what I can. I imagine like one of like really menacing smiley faces as well. You hear more screams coming from round the back of the pyre. Uh, I got a 14 in my athletics check. It's, oh no, so you just start, you take out a knife and you just start cutting through ropes, just throwing people off, rescuing three, four, five women and children. Uh, the other side of the pyre is a different matter. Several people having burned to death now. It's all men. It's all men. Can, can I make like, to, like, how fix the pyre? Can I, like, fill it with my You can topple it, if you want. Yeah, I like to topple it, so... If I can, in a way that it falls near me, like, if I was put down a tree, like... That certain ways that the non-fire is preferable. Let me a performance check. Yeah. 14. 14. Taking out your axe, slamming it into the bottom pew, some of the broken charred cinders of the area that uh, Belsia put out. You bring it tumbling down. You see one or two people who yet haven't been reached by the flames on the far side, which are now flat. Uh, two or three of the people are burning beyond safety, but uh, beyond being able to be saved. Uh, what are you doing, Belsia? Um, a small child is now wailing. More emojis. <laughs> Winky face. I already up an ice knife. Uh. <laughs> as the little child looks up, as a small frozen beam of ice just moves past the end of there. The solution to uh, all of life's problems. I heroically pick up the small child and uh, dash for the nearest open exit. Picking up the one child leaving the other three or four women and children that Hanash has already saved, you just run as you've separated the child from his mother as he just starts wailing as you have him under one arm running for the exit. I, I give him like a little, not, not like a slap, but a little tap just to get him to stay quiet as I... As, go as sleep, I, go sleep, go sleep, go sleep. <laughs> Bundling out into the freezing cold snow, you dump the child in the snow. 
As you just see his little tears freeze. <laughs> right, Hanash, um, bundling in, you cut away the remaining two people. Looking over, there's no way of saving. At least three people have died here today. As you look over at the doors at the back of the church, wide open, the gnomes have escaped. But you've rescued enough people to make this. Are the very people dead or are they like, dying? I would say they're very, very badly injured. They look crispy. I was wondering if I should put them out of the mystery. <laughs> They're almost, they have no hair, eyes, or eye, they've got no eyebrows or hair. They're just charred. I'm, looking I'm, I'm like, avert your eyes, and then I'm going to cut off all the heads. That's the, um, that's um, the Crunk Fucker's creed. If you, if you can't heal, it's about their mystery. I've yeah. always resurrect them so they can suffer for longer. Or it was, if I can't tame it, or if I can't fuck it, then I'm going to kill it. <laughs> Uh, make me a attack with your axe, then. Yeah. Sixteen to hit. Sixteen, the first one. Cleaving the head, clean off one of the bodies. You just hear a scream of anguish go up as the, pe- the survivors are now looking over you as you put people out of their misery. I said, avert your eyes! That's Tavistock. Right? <laughs> Tavistock's looking at eyes. Tavistock looks over you wide-eyed. He's like, well, this is the weirdest fucking rescue I've ever seen. We've had kidnapped, fucking murder. He looks over at the last one. He's like, you've not got any kind of cure wounds or anything on you. <laughs> the, no, I don't don't know. Know that you we couldn't even cure wounds on my friend's fingertips, let alone this fucking mess. You look down. One, one, one of the other people has expired in the meantime whilst you've been head off one. And the, the, the other person just looks up at you with like burnt, he's like, don't mind me, I'm okay. <laughs> just slowly fucking croaks. Tavistock looks over you, he's like, well, that's some kind of humanitarian mission right there. Well, if you weren't talking, I could have murdered this one too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel maybe uh, you shouldn't be a nurse. <laughs> right? Well, this is fucking awkward. The gnome's got away. I mean, there were 20 of them. I don't think we were going to take him away, but won't we? No. He looks over at the um, women and children, starts trying to comfort them. He's like, come on, let's get you somewhere warm. There's an inn somewhere in this town. It'll have shelter, some rooms. We'll get you a hot drink. As he starts leading them away, you see other glass blades come in and um, try and comfort people. As, and as, as he's leading them away, I'm just like, oh, there's, there's something in my sleeve. And I pull out like a, a ribbon and then I just keep pulling it out and there's like loads of flags coming out of my, of my sleeve. And I'm like, whoa, look at that. Make me an intimidation check. It's funny. <laughs> While he's doing that as well, I, I put my axe away so they don't think I'm going for them next. You're next. That, that's, that's a 10 for intimidation. <laughs> uh, a 10 for intimidation. The child just looks up at you with big eyes and you just see him start smiling with a rictus grin and then tears just start rolling down his cheek as he I... just looks up at you and just runs off and joins his... Um, the little I, I I live to put a smile on their faces. <laughs> Amazing! As, as the little child runs off, um, you just see um, a man sitting at the feet of one of the burnt people who's expired, just crying slowly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the 
Um, just long, baleful sobs coming out of his cheeks as he just cries and cries and cries, as though there's not enough tears in the world to assuage the grief he's feeling for the death of what is clearly either a relative or a partner. I, I put a comforting hand on his shoulder and just say, this was bad, what happened? <laughs> is that a question or is that a statement? <laughs> Uh, um, make me a straight up charisma roll. I'm sorry, but you're lost. <laughs> um, that is five plus four. That's a nine. That's a nine. He looks at you almost with just a numbness in his face as he looks at you and says, It's my wife. We were married for 30 years. And they, the, the, what was the gnomes? Why did they come here? I don't know. It was always quiet here. Fishing village, self-contained, self-sustaining. And then yesterday, in the dawn, they came. We woke to the village burning, screams in the night. I protected my family for as long as I could, but we're not fighters, we're fishermen. What bad timing out of three to five months it took us together. We were one day too late. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, sorry, I can't, as, as I'm listening to his story, I'm like thinking back to all of the time I spent just getting getting skulls made up into drinking vessels or shopping on, shopping duty-free on an airship or back in whatever else, that, whatever else that we That one day that we spent in Uthodern. <laughs> that one day you spent in Uthodern. Um, I, I, I feel a little bit bad. You feel a little bit bad. As he looks down, he's just crying. He's holding the crispy remains of whoever the hell it is. Mother, father, wife, not sure. Uh, he's holding on real tight to the body and just crying. I was kind of imagining a bell star, like, starting off the car, feel bad, and then start smiling as he thinks about all the good times that he has, that fucking bow. And he's like, such a bad, ah, loss. But other people, this, this warm emotion for me... And at that point, no. we're going to leave. We're going to leave Belsiar doing the worst impression of grief counselling ever, as he takes his hand off the shoulder of the grieving man. No, I'm, 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 I'm about to tell him about my otters, and then I realise the moment has passed. Looking up, you really like five days. Looking up, you realise you're still channeling the flames into a smiling face above the guy. <laughs> You take that opportunity to realise it might be a little bit inappropriate as the smile turns upside down. <laughs> turns into a sad flame. A big sad emoji just hovering above the child corpses. Wait, so this is a, his emotional support flame? Yes, he's got an emotional support flame. Panning back to Tatty and Aristobulus standing around the shopping list with McGruber. Okay, so this fucking missive that you've given us was clearly a fucking misdirect MacGruber uh, or oh, we're gonna need to figure out what the fuck um, what the fuck happened to it um, I say is there a way to get to the roof of this building um, is there a way to get to the top floor from inside here or do I need to go outside uh, I think it is sorry I think it, I don't know what I told you I think it is a two floor building so I think you're on the top floor at the at the end 
Hang on. Uh, hang on. Oh, no, there is. Sorry, you're right. It's three floors. I apologize to you and our listeners. It is indeed three floors. There's a top floor. There's a stairwell. You came up. It arched back round again, so... Okay. Um, I need to get a good view on what's going on in this what's going on in this village right now because because at the minute we're all over the fucking place I don't know where Hanash and Belsiar have gone I don't know where Maud is um, so we need to get we need to get to the closest high ground that we can so mm-hmm. let's let's move up to the top floor and see what we can see from there okay as you come up to the top floor the three of you cresting around the stairs you see a door to your left the right and straight ahead the door in front of you with a little brass plaque that says mayor's office i'm gonna i'm gonna open up the mayor's office opening up into the mayor's office you see a beautiful leather table leather top table in front of you with various writing implementation several chairs he's got a high back leather chair and just behind him you see two glass doors leading out onto a balcony on the top floor okay i'm gonna go through the go through the doors onto his balcony whatever it is mm-hmm. and, and i want to see if i can uh, get the lay of the land from up here just to see if i can see what's going on in the village underneath us from here mm-hmm. As you look out, you see it's a very blustery day. Being on the coast, on the northernmost point of this continent, it is very, very, very windy. And you look out, you see the various burning wreckages of the buildings beneath you. You see the inn to the right-hand side of you, where you saw Maud scuttle off to. You now see a line of distressed-looking people being escorted by glass blades uh, towards the inn. And as you look off in the distance, you can see smoke rising up out of the um, church. You see a couple of bodies lying on the floor outside of the church. Okay. Do I... Other than the people that these guys have freed um, and feel free to tell me that I need to make a perception check if this is too much um, other than the people that these guys have freed from the church that are moving towards the inn do I see um, does it basically does it look like anyone else is on alert based on those uh, make me a perception check well it's not good it's an eight an eight you look and you look and you look and as snow starts drifting in on the breeze you're struggling to see out as you lean forward over the balcony uh, as you lean forward the missive blows out of your hand and lands on the thatching next to you some of the flames starting to lit nearer the message as it's currently sitting on the thatching uh, just beyond the edge of the balcony three stories up wait three stories up from where i am now no 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 where you are imagine you're on a balcony yeah like a dormer or whatever there's the uh, the the thing so it's it's flown off to the side over the edge of the balcony so you'd be on the roof but there'd be a three-story drop off yeah you can see some of the flames licking up from where people of this town hall is slowly on fire. Is it in a position where I can get to it without having to like jump all the way down the fucking building? Yeah, you could just climb over the balcony and. and, and... Oh right, I thought it had like dropped off a little bit. And um, I will try and grab it. Make me an acrobatics check. At least there's like powdery snow on the ground. <laughs> uh, fourteen. Fourteen. 
as you step over the edge of the balcony, lady looking at you with big wide eyes, knowing that you're, or, or Barbara, I should say, I need to stop fucking dead naming this wolf. Barbara looks at you with what fear and trepidation as you step over the edge of the snowy balustrade on the balcony as you make your way across the uh, snowy um, uh, edge of the thatching sliding on your stomach so that you don't get blown away by the wind is you can get I, to... um, can I use my um, I don't know if that'll make any difference in the snow to be fair but I've got my slippers of spider climbing can I use those to kind of like daintily step down yeah 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 daintily step into the edge just as you get to it do you know like when you drop a fiver on the floor and it just starts blowing away and as soon as you get to it it starts blowing away <laughs> the um, the missive slowly blowing into the edge of the flame just as you reach it. You reach down and pick up the missive out of the flame. Pick it up in your hand. Cool. I squirrel it away in my backpack like a nut that I'm going to eat later. Um, yeah, I just stick it in my backpack. You make your way back. You're making your way back across the. No, no, no. I'm saying that I just put it. I put the. I put the note in my backpack and then. Um, yeah, and then I'll make my way back up, I guess. As you go to pick up the note, you notice now, as it's slowly set on fire, as you put the flames out on the edge, you notice scrawlings on the reverse side of it. As you flip it over, you see the heat of the flames has slowly revealed something on the other side of it. As Tassie picks up the uh, missive out of the flames, blowing off the sides where it started writing, you're about to put it away as you look over and see that the heat has revealed scrawlings on the back of the map. Um, uh, the back of the uh, a map appearing on the back of the missive that uh, Aristobulus had once used as a shopping list very conveniently. Um, and as you look at it, you see this. <laughs> Two maps in one session. Oh my god, we're so lucky. Shut up. Front door. Oh my god. I don't know if I should give it to you because you're so rude about my narrative. <laughs> I'm not. You can send it. To, you can DM it to me. I'll DM it to you. I mean, I have to do everything around it. Um, here we go. And this is what you see on the other side. In some clearly written in something like lemon juice. As you hold it over a flame, disappears. It's coming. Ooh. Which is the most detailed lemon juice map you've ever. <laughs> I'm so confused because the blue is the land and the brown. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with it. It's all, it's also it's also like a pollution map of this part of the world as well. Turns out the water not very fucking yeah. not the gin clear waters of Port de Mali, I can tell you that. Or maybe the land has been flooded and then the sea is dried up. What a warming map. <laughs> I get inside the fire and stuff. That's just how it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hanash gets minus 20xp for completing <laughs> one of the DM's map. <laughs> hey, you didn't hear what he said under his breath. He was muttering some shit about it not being 4K. I would also say who put the clouds on the fucking map. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Things like you. I think it's a great map. There you go. Plus 25xp to you. Right. As... as as the DM notices that he got the colours for the land and sea the wrong way round on the map, you look at it, grasping onto it even tighter now uh, as you use your spider boots to stand three stories up. You look over, grasping it in one hand, looking at the map, you notice now 
two figures coming out the back of the church as you see Hanash and you see Belsiar across the other side of the village coming out the back of the church. could do it right now. No one would miss them. Only Aristobulus. And he's an idiot. I could say anything. <laughs> he's an idiot. No. no. I, um, I, I clock where they are. Can I do a... If I see those two coming out, I, I know that... I know that, really, those guys saw that, like, the gnomes had, like, run away from the church. But my thing is, 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 is anyone... Can I see anyone kind of moving towards them at the minute? No. Okay. That's cool. You just see the glass blades escorting the survivors towards the inn as a blue figure comes smashing out of the double doors and you see Maud swaying on her feet and she's like, Fuck off! You're not welcome here! (laughs) She's got, like, a mug in each hand and she just starts waving them away. I just... She's got a mug in each hand and a mug in her tail. (laughs) Uh, I just... uh, I chuckle to myself and I... um... I say to I say to Aristobulus and um, and Magruba, I just turn around with like a knowing smile on my face and I say, Who wants to go to the pub? And that is where we're gonna leave this week's episode. There we go, there was a lot of heavy themes in this week's episode. And if you've been affected by any of them, then please reach out to Chris Neal on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm always around. I'll offer I'll offer some support. Um yes. There was a lot of tension in that episode. A lot of frustration from Tatty Bojangles as he couldn't work out how the missive worked. I thought I thought you were trying to dick me around for not having it in my inventory. <laughs> I thought you were trying to be an inventory lawyer. <laughs> I thought it was going to turn out it had been pickpocketed from us like 50 episodes ago. And as you- we cut away, we cut away to Blooming Grove where Nigel the Rock Troll is blowing his nose. <laughs> On a, on a miss. He's like, this tissue isn't even too ply. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm made of rocks. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Oh, uh, dear God. Um, um, yes. So a lot going on there. Hanash saving people, committing acts of euthanasia. Yeah. Uh, It's a a classic episode where we have to put people out of their misery. There was euthanasia. I particularly liked the bit where you were sneaking up on the gnomes and just did a pratfall into an open grave. That was... Or or Belsiar just pretending to be dead, literally. Yeah, now I think about it, that's actually a great... Because you can just... I mean, who notices a dead body? I mean, literally the gnome who just slowly walked over to you, knelt over and pushed a dagger into your ribs. That was that was like the freakiest moment of the episode. Like, oh, no, 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 it wasn't. Very slowly stabbed him. The freakiest moment of the episode was when Hanash caved the gnome's face in with a morning star, and then he was so weak he couldn't shiv Hanash properly. So Hanash just smiled at him incredulously. That's true. That's true. That, was my, that might have been my you can, favorite. You can just imagine the knife scraping harmlessly off Hanash's armor because he hasn't got enough energy left. As Hanash tells him to get on his knees, the man refuses. So he splits his skull in half and then uses him as a fucking fishing rod. Right. There's a fucking fishing rod. I don't know, he just picks him up on the end of his... 
Just go out. It was more like an old time, old timey hobo. <laughs> that was a thing. And then, you know, like there were lots of things that could have happened. That, but you guys were not subtle. I was waiting for a lot of sneaking. So there were other scenarios that could have panned out in the church. But due to your lack of subtlety, people died. Well, uh, Dream, I know this stealth. So I'm, I'm always never going to be that stealthy. They didn't, have, they, didn't have, they didn't have fucking splinter cell with them. Splinter cell. <laughs> you, you never got to meet the body of gnomes. They kind of came, got a bit tussled and ran away. Okay. Just, just to annoy Tatty. Hmm. Tatty never got to actually see the main body of gnomes. Okay. We're, we're okay. just going to leave Tatty in limbo. Okay. I like that they're leaving, though, and like several of them aren't there like the ones that Titus has murdered they're like I'm sure yeah. I'll catch up yeah they'll, no they'll be back there's no such thing never leave a gnome behind <laughs> always <laughs> leave gnomes behind always leave gnomes Hello Pod, it's AJ again. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate each and every one of you. And I really do mean that to both of our listeners. <laughs> Assuming you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? Better yet, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and help confirm the fact that the wheels on this gravy train should keep on turning. If you fancy sponsoring us, why not help us by donating the price of a hot drink on coffee.com forward slash Adventurers Anonymous. Even the smallest of donations would be hugely welcomed. And for all the latest news and updates, we can be found at Twitter at Adventurers A-N-O number one. So that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from Chris... Chris, Lewis, Matt, Chanel, and myself. See you next week. And remember, stay tipsy, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>